0: good morning morning. um it is good to be here this morning i hope you're excited about being in the lord's house we're in exodus 20 again this week um exodus 20 and so um you're welcome to to turn to 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 that spot but um it'll be pretty easy for you this morning um you know each week is is we've talked about some of these and it's yeah, I told Donnie, he's gotten to kind of be my joke because um, Brother Donnie says he just doesn't understand why I can preach so long. Um, he said it's four words. <laughs> you know, God says don't steal. That's the story. I mean, end the conversation. But, you know, <clears throat> I was thinking back to in, in my life and growing up um, as a kid, um, we didn't have electronics. We didn't have iPads. We didn't have um, iPhones. We didn't have Facebook. We didn't have the 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 Mario. I mean, we didn't have any of that kind of stuff. And um, matter of fact, um, the where I grew up, we didn't even have a lot of store bought toys. But I don't want anybody feeling sorry for us. I had a great childhood. You know, don't don't feel sorry for me or my friends. Um, we played in the woods. We roamed the streets. That's right. We roamed the streets. Um, <clears throat> But, you know, growth state, the population was 350 people and 250 of them could have called me by name and my friends all by name and the others that couldn't call us by name knew who our parents were. You know, that, that it was a different world and a different place at that time, but some things never change because even when um, I was a young man, um, we still had the Ten Commandments. <laughs> you know, that, that's still been taught to us. We know, I'm not quite that old that I predate the um, Ten Commandments, but, you know... And so in thinking about all of that, again, this week, um, we we can focus on four little words and exactly what they say, but if we do that, we miss the big picture of what God wants us to hear. We miss the big picture of the the Ten Commandments. And, And again, I will say it every time, look, God gave us the Ten Commandments not to keep us from fun, but to keep us from unnecessary pain. And that, that's his heart when he, when he talks about this. And so, look, even without electronics, even without, we, we, we were kids, and we loved to play, and we played in the backyard, and we played across the waterway. Literally, the Grove State Bay ran through, through the middle of town, and we literally played a, a, across the bay. Um, you know, we'd play cowboys and Indians, and <clears throat> we were stupid, so don't, I, I know that, so you don't have to help me out, but we literally would use our BB guns to play cowboys and Indians and shoot each other. You know, and, and, and you know, we're just grateful we never shot each other, and I or nothing really bad. But you know, that's just we were kids, and we, we we had a good time, and you know, and, and we hit, GI Joe was big, and and we 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 played Robin Hood, we played cowboys and Indians, we we did all of those things, and. You know, Robin Hood was really a great game to play because when you played Robin Hood, you had Robin Hood, and everybody always wanted to be Robin Hood, you know. But then you had, um, he was the leader of the band, but then you had to have the whole band. And and then you had um, the king and all of his men, and so it really didn't matter whether there was six or eight of us or whether there was 20 of us from the neighborhood. Um, There was always a place to add one more, you know. It, it, it is funny what you remember as a kid, and, and um, Little John, we always had to have a Little John, and, and one particular person played Little John, was one of the Bayham boys, because he was big and stout, and just what you kind of picture of that Little John, and, and um, there, there was a log in the backyard, and somewhere in the midst of the, the game, somebody was going to get on the log, and him and Little John were going to see who could knock each other off the log, and, you know, we, we just, it, it, it was fun, you know, but everybody wanted to be Robin Hood the hero, you know, robs from the rich, gives to the poor, and, you know, and <clears throat> whether it was the Robin Hood that we portrayed in the backyard in the games we played or, or the one that um, Errol Flynn or Kevin Costner or Russell Crowe played, Robin Hood has kind of stood the test of time. A- and it's because it's fun stories with action and adventure. But I think one thing that we tend to forget, <laughs> and it's because we want to forget it, because it just, it, it, it earns both the character and the story, and it goes against what we want to believe. The bottom line is, is that Robin Hood was a thief. <laughs> Robin Hood was a thief. He was a crook. I mean, you know, he, we, we can say that, quote, he robbed from the rich and gave to the poor. But I mean, you tell you, all of his band and everybody else, they ate off of what they robbed, too. I mean, you know, it was their way of living. And so it may sound good in history, and it makes a great storyline that Robin Hood was the good guy. And he, he stole from the rich people and gave to the poor people. But isn't that exactly the way you feel about the government sometimes? <laughs> they, they decide who's rich and want to redistribute from the rich to the poor. And we don't think that's such a great idea. I mean, you know, theft is theft. And so a right motive does not justify um, a wrong method. And, you know, and so although you can say that Robin Hood's motive may have been right, Robin Hood was both a robber and a hood. I mean, that's the reality of the story. And sometimes we don't like the honesty of the story. And, you know, there's one reason that every one of you in here, no matter whether you were young or old, knew the name Robin Hood. It's because he lived his entire life breaking the Eighth Commandment. Isn't that something to be known for? Living your whole life breaking one of the Ten Commandments. But that's how we know Robin Hood. And you know, Exodus 20, the 15th verse, says, Thou shall not steal. You shall not steal. I mean, that, that's it. But unfortunately in America, America has become a nation of Robin Hoods. <laughs> Let me just give you some numbers. Um. The FBI says that any gav- given year, um, there was an eight-year period that I looked at beginning at about, um, it was um, about 2005 um, through 2013, that, that that time frame, on average, in every one of those years, there was 5,000 bank robberies, they stole $30 million, and and 100 people were killed or injured in the midst of those bank robberies. That, that's who we are as a nation. I mean that number was pretty. Um, there was 369 armed robberies reported in 2013. Um, I, I was kind of surprised about this. I knew shoplifting was an issue. Um, shoplifting um, in, in one of the 30 billion dollars. 30 billion dollars, and it's an industry, folks. I thought shoplifting was just the, the you know the the guy that had the five finger. No, no. There there are organized groups that shoplift for a living, they steal, and then they resell the merchandise back to other retailers. There's a whole industry for it. It's amazing. And so an estimated 8.6 million households were victimized by identity theft in 2011, and that number continues to increase on an annual basis. So if you're looking for an honest employee, you're probably in trouble. You're probably in trouble because, um, according to the Las Vegas um, group, um, Hire Me, um, in pre-employment testing, their pre-employment testing firm, in 2013, they interviewed 7,443 people and they were tested for honesty. They ranked 52 percent as of low desirability for employment because they admitted to stealing regular or they would steal if given the opportunity or if they thought they had a good reason. <laughs> so I just, you know, when I thought about it, look to whoever's on the row next to you. If you're not a thief, if you're not a thief, look to whoever's on the row next to you and look and say, you're a thief. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just, but but I mean, that's the reality. That's the reality of the world in which, you you know, and and you might be surprised or even disturbed by some of those numbers, but... There's been thieves since God created mankind. I mean, since the beginning, this is, but something has changed in our society. Being a thief is almost socially acceptable as long as you take from the rich and give to the poor. As long as you have a good reason for why you're stealing, it's almost become acceptable. I mean, insurance fraud well, it's okay if you've got to make a claim and you inflate it a little bit. I mean, there's all kind of ways that we have justified it as long as we, quote, take from the rich and give to the poor, and we kind of want to decide who's rich and who's poor. And, you know, I, I think sometimes y'all think I include things in sermons just so I can step on your toes. But now you know why preachers wear dress shoes with steel toes in them, <laughs> you know, because we stomp on ours as much as we stomp on yours, and, and, and that's just the reality of it. But look, Hebrews, the fourth chapter and the 12th verse, it says, For the word of God is active and alive, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even, dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. And so maybe you're thinking this week, finally, finally a commandment that he's going to get to that I hadn't broken, I'm not guilty of this one, I'm okay. Well, let me just go back and give you a little recap. And so let's think about it this way. If you've broken the first commandment you've stolen, you've stolen the honor that is due God. If you broke the second commandment, you stole the worship that's due Him alone. The third commandment says, if you've broken it, you've stolen the dignity that's to him. The fourth commandment, if you've unbroken it, you've stolen the day that belongs to him. The fifth commandment says, if you've broken it, you've stolen the respect that your parents says God deserves. The sixth commandment says, if you've broken it, you've taken another person's life or his reputation. And the seventh commandment says, if you've broken it, you've stolen another person's mate or or somebody's sexual purity. So you know what, I, when you look at it, be careful about saying, well, I'm okay on this one, because if you've broken any of the other ones, you clearly can't be okay on this one. You know, one of the things my, my father told me when I was a, a kid, because um, most of y'all know that my father died when when I when I was little, but I, I remember one time um, I'd stolen, he, he had a little tray on, on his chest of drawers that had a fish on it. And, And, I mean, he kept pennies in it. And on one occasion, I'd stole some pennies um, out of it. And, um, you know, I I got caught. And Dad Dad told me this. He says, show me a thief and I'll show you a liar. And I was offended. I said, Daddy, I mean, just because I stole some pennies doesn't mean I'm a liar. And he says, oh, yeah. Because he says, then you've got to make a cover-up story. You know, and and that's one of the realities, folks, of being a thief. (laughs) Then you've got to make a cover-up story. It always happens that way, and there's more than one way to steal and more than one kind of stealing and one type of stealing. You don't have to crack a safe or, or pick a pocket or hold up a bank to be a thief. I mean, none of those things are required, so what, what's the practical answer when we talk about this? I think the commandment, in some respects, boils down to three essential principles, and the first of those is to respect what God has given others. Respect what God has given others. Ephesians, the fourth chapter and the 28th verse, he says, anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer. You know, it's kind of like the woman we talk about caught in adultery. What did Jesus say? Go and sin no more. He says, anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands that they may have something to share with those in need. And what that verse says and what that verse implies, even though it's not specifically in there, there's only three ways that you can acquire money. There's only three ways that you can acquire land or wealth or possessions or any of those things. There's only three ways it can happen. One, by stealing it. Two, by working for it. And three, if someone gives it to you. That's the only way. Everything you have, you've gotten in one of those three methods. And so just think about what you've gotten, how you've gotten. And I mean, anything that you've not earned or received as a gift or as an inheritance, you have stolen and it makes you a thief. Now, the obvious part of the commandment is um, the actual physical taking or stealing of something. And I mean, but, but how you do it, it doesn't matter whether it's by force or by, or by deceit. You know, it doesn't matter whether it's by gunpoint um, in broad daylight or, 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 or breaking a window in the, in the darkness of night. I mean, you're a thief. It doesn't matter to God whether you um, stole a piece of candy or a piece of jewelry. You're a thief. It doesn't matter to God whether you stole a dime or a dollar or a million dollars. You're a thief. I mean, it doesn't matter whether the person you stole it from was rich or poor. You're a thief. That's what he says. And some of us think we've gotten away with it. Some of you think that maybe nobody knows what you stole. That nobody, maybe nobody knows how you did it. You committed the perfect crime. You got away with it. But let me tell you, God sees every act of theft that takes place. God sees everything. You know, I think God probably chuckles on about certain things that we do. <laughs> you know, that the, the way we try to cover up that, you know, we... We, we, we do it in the dark so, so he can't see, or we put on a mask so that he can't see, or, or as a kid, if you're going to steal a candy bar, you kind of look around to make sure nobody's looking. But the reality is, folk, God knows. God, God God sees through the dark. God sees through the mask. God's looking when nobody else is looking. Again, the scripture reminds us um, in Hebrews, it says nothing in all of creation is hidden from the sight of God. Nothing in all of creation is hidden from the subject. God always sees, and God always knows, and God always watches. And if you've ever stole anything, God knows it. So you a thief. I, I mean, where do we lined up? You know, there's lots of, of funny stories that, that, that you could tell. I mean, the burglar that broke in the house that was um, stealing the, the, the Blu-ray player. And about the time he went to steal it, um, he heard somebody say, um, Jesus is watching. You know, yeah, yeah, uh huh and and he kind of stopped what he was doing for a minute, turned off his flashlight, and listened, didn't hear nothing, so he turned his flashlight back on, and he went to take the TV off the wall, the flat screen, and again, he heard the voice say, Jesus is watching, and so then he really got nervous and frantic, he started shining around, and in the corner of the room, there was a parrot in a cage, and he kind of looked at the parrot and says, did you say that? (laughs) And the parrot says, I did, I'm just trying to warn you. And he says, who do you think you are? And he says, I'm Moses. And he says, who in the world would name you Moses, a parrot Moses? He said, same person, name as Rottweiler Jesus. You know, sometimes God's just trying to warn us, folks. You know, and, and we miss it. We miss that. This, he says, thou shalt not steal. God's just trying to warn us about the consequences you know, I mentioned shoplifting, the five-finger disc. Account. Look, stores today use all kinds of sophisticated systems and one-way mirrors and, and locking devices and cameras and, and electronic tapes on packages. And every day, every day in America, I am told there are a million instances of shoplifting that the, the, uh, the consumer market today steals $22,000 worth of merchandise every day minute, you know, we're a nation of Robin Hoods, <laughs> we steal from the rich, it's a store, they've got lots, I mean, what's the big deal, I'm the poor, I mean, you know, but but there's the other side of the coin, there's a lot of businesses that take advantage of people too, businesses and businesses, remember, they're people, people run businesses, you know, they're, they're not this mysterious entity out there, I mean, and and, and God says in Amos, he says, and this is from the Living Bible. Um, it says, You who long for the Sabbath to end and the religious holidays to be over so you can get back out there and start cheating again, using your weighted scales and undersized measurements, you who make slaves of the poor, buying them for their debt of a piece of silver or a pair of shoes, and send, selling them your moldy wheat. You know, God says, look, he says, it's just on the other side of the equation to take advantage of people that are less fortunate is stealing too. He says, it's not, you know, You know. look, don't laugh. You say, well, that that doesn't happen today. Look, there's repair people that'll tell you something's broke that needs to be repaired that's really not broke. That's the reason a lot of people hate to take the car to the shop. They're scared that somebody's going to rip them off. I mean, you know, there's the, the the car salesman that doesn't tell you about the fine print in the contractor. He doesn't tell you the real story of the used car that you're going to buy. I mean, there's all those times, you know, we, we, we steal in numerous ways. There, there's, there's, there's the theft of someone's created or, or, or artistic endeavors for without paying. For years, churches were guilty of it, folks. I'm going to just tell you, for years, churches were thieves. You know, now we don't have thieves in the church, but churches were thieves as a whole because we projected words on the screen in the back, back and we wasn't paying the copyright fees. You know, now we've corrected that. But, but, I mean, it, it happens. And, I mean, many a student has used someone else's work and passed it off. And, you know, we, we're constantly pirating um, um, music and computer programs and movies. And, look, I've heard every rationale that, that you can give for why I do, but none of them work. God calls it stealing. You know, it, it's theft. How about this one? Unpaid debt. Uh, unpaid debt. I mean, do you owe money that you never intend to pay back? Now, I'm not talking about some um, unusual circumstance where you just um, have incurred some debt, and, and it, because of circumstances, it's impossible. I'm not talking. I personally, I personally know of, of of people who were going to file bankruptcy, and, and in the process of filing it, their lawyer tell them, "Look, okay, now what you need to do is next week go buy a brand new car because the judge is going to let you keep one vehicle." You, 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 by law you get to keep one vehicle so go get your brand new car and then when we file bankruptcy we'll include it in the list and you'll get to keep it and you won't have to pay for it that's stealing folks I mean that's, that's deliberate intentional stealing that's theft so when you um, incur debt and you don't repay it it's theft you ever, ever broke something that belonged to somebody else And didn't replace it or repair it? (laughs) That's stealing just as much as if you would have took your gun and went in their house and took it. You know, The second thing he talks about, he says, is you have to release what God wants you to give him. You have to release what God wants you to give him. There's at least three things that God has entrusted every one of us with. At least three things. And, and first, he, he's, he's giving you your time. Time is a resource. But time is a different kind of resource because you can't buy it or rent it or borrow it or store it or save it or renew it or multiply it. The only thing you can do with time is spend it. He says, you better be careful how you spend it. He says, you better be real careful how you spend it. He says, be very careful then how you live not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. You know, the, the, the English Standard Version says that, that phrase, it that says, making the best use of your time. So how do we make the best use of our time? I think when in doubt, we do what I always say. We go back to the Word of God. We go back to Jesus, the example. Jesus was a busy man, folks. Jesus was a busy man, but you know, Jesus, as busy as he was... Uh, as much as he, you know, Jesus took time to pray. To pray a lot. You know, Jesus' ministry was confined and accomplished to three short years. Yet in those three short years, he had time to play with children. He had time to tell a story. He had time to take a nap on a boat ride. He had time to feed the hungry. To rest at noonday by, by a well and attending a, a wedding reception. Jesus still had to. you know, God has given us our days. You know, in one of our Sunday night Bible studies, we talked about the fact that our days are numbered. And that's not to frighten you, that's to remind us that our days are numbered, that we need to make the best use of every day, every hour, every minute that God has given us because there are a limited number of days. He says that we need to use our talents. Every person in this room has talents and ability that were God-given. And it is your duty and your responsibility to use those gifts and abilities to bring glory to God and to help others. And look, if God has given you some music ability, um, you you ought to be using it to to, to lead us in worship or play an instrument. um, and, And if you're not using it to bring glory to God, you're stealing. You know, and if God has given you the ability to teach and you refuse to teach a small group or, or, or have a, a Bible study in your home or, or, or lead a class um, and you're not using the ability that God has given you, you're a thief. He says he has given us those talents. He says if you're sitting on your hands and not using what I have given you, you're a thief. In Romans, the 12th chapter, in the 6th, 7th, and 8th verse, it says since... We have been given gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Each of us is to exercise, use them accordingly. If prophecy, then according to the portion of prophesy, according to the proportion of his faith, if service in his serving, or he who teaches in his teaching, or he who exhorts in his exhortation, or he who gives, gives liberally, or he who leads with diligence, and he who shows mercy with cheerfulness." God says you can steal by not only taking something that doesn't belong to you, but you're a thief if you don't use something that God has given you for his glory and for the good of mankind. You know, as a kid, I learned that there were sins of um, commission and sins of omission. There were sins that we were guilty of because we did something we weren't supposed to do. And there were sins that we were guilty of because we didn't do something that we knew we should do. And you can be a thief by not doing, you can be a thief by not using the talents that God has given you. There's one more thing that God wants us to give, and it's not your time or your talent, it's His tithe. It's His tithe, and I mean, yeah, I know. Somebody already said, well, there goes the preacher, and he wants to talk about money, but I talked about sex two weeks ago, so chill out. I mean, know. Yeah. And, and so, you know, but look, there's only, there's only three attitudes when it comes to money. You can have the communist view, and the communist view says everything belongs to the government. Or you can have the socialist view, the capitalist view. I mean, that view that says everything belongs to the individual. Or you can have the spiritual view that says everything belongs to God. I mean, you've got to pick one of those three. I mean, that's your options when it comes down to it. But God says the earth is the Lord's and all, all that it contains, the world and those who dwell in it. God's view says everything belongs to God. And perhaps the most egregious example of stealing is found in the book of Malachi. In Malachi um, The third chapter in the eighth verse, he says, Will a man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, How have we robbed you? And he says, In tithes and offerings, you are cursed with a curse. You are robbing me, the whole nation of you. He's talking to all of his people. But he doesn't stop there. Malachi doesn't stop there because he continues and he says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. Now test me in this now, says the Lord of hosts, and see if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out a, on you a blessing until it overflows. Don't miss the principle that God is teaching here using tithe as an example. If someone has something that belongs to them and you take it, you are stealing. That's what it says. If you have something that rightfully belongs to someone else and you keep it, you're also stealing. And the tithe belongs to God, not you. So if you keep that which that does not belong to you, you're a thief. You know, I, I understand that, that that sounds harsh. And, but let me just tell you, folks, there's a lot of thievery going on in God's church. You know, according to people that crunch the numbers and do the surveys, says that the average church member gives 2.52% of their income to God. 2.52% of their income to God. Now, I, you know, you just do the math and figure out where the other 7.5% going. But I mean, you know, <clears throat> and there's always somebody going to tell me, but wait a second, tithing is in the Old Testament. Well, let me remind you, folks. This is the eighth time we've talked about the um, Ten Commandments. They're in the Old Testament too. So, I mean, are we just going to throw them out and say, well, that, that was Old Testament? You know, let me just tell you, folks. I mean, how can you say you won't be obedient to them when, when they're in their Old Testament? They're the principles of God. They're the principles of God. And, and the Old Testament is built on the law, and the law is built on the Word of God, and the New Testament reinforces the Old Testament. You know, I know... But we're under grace, amen? We're we're, we're under grace. We're no longer under the law. But would somebody please show me in the Bible where it says since we're under grace that we no longer should do at least what the law requires because let me tell you, grace demands that we ought to do a lot more than the law ever required. So if you want to live under the grace of God, which we do, then maybe we ought to even do more than the law requires because, see, the law never could save. Jesus saves. Now, I don't know who said this, but I wrote it down. And I'd like to give credit, but I don't know where it came from. It said, the opposite of stealing is not the avoidance of theft. The opposite of stealing is giving. Wow. (laughs) That's a profound thought. I mean, the opposite of taking from others what you have not earned... (laughs) To satisfy what you want is to give to others what you have earned to meet their need. That's, I think, the heart of the Eighth Commandment. (laughs) You know, Paul... Paul, in in the book of Acts writes, he says, You yourselves know that these hands minister to my own needs and to the men who were with me. In everything I showed you, that by working hard in this manner, you must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, that he himself said it is more blessed to give than to receive. (laughs) You know? There's a lot of thieves, folks. Let me just close and, and say that the last thing he says is we have to rely on what God has given to you. We have to rely on what God has given to you and I'm not sure if, there's, if there is a sin greater than taking something that doesn't belong to you or keeping what belongs to somebody else. It is refusing to trust the God who said he would provide for everything you need. I'm not so sure that that's not the most critical thing of the eighth commandment. Philippians, it says, and my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. God is good, and heaven is real. (laughs) And he says, my God will supply all your needs according to his riches. Folks, if you'd believe that one verse, if you'd believe that one verse, You'd never be a thief. I I mean, when it comes down to it, I mean, look, right before God gives the the Ten Commandments, I mean, you you know, and, and he says, I am the Lord your God, and I brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. So before he gives the Ten Commandments, he was reminding the people of Israel that he had already provided for everything they needed. In the 19 chapters that precede the 20th chapter of the book of Exodus, for 19 chapter, God cares for his people. God provides for his people. Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides, is the God that shows up and has met every one of the needs. And God was saying, look, when you were thirsty, I gave you water. And when you were hungry, I gave you manna. And when you were in the dark, I gave you a pillar of light. And when you were in danger, I parted the Red Sea. God says, I have provided everything you need. Why do you need to steal? Because he says, I am the God that provides. And he's still that God. He's still the God that provides. In the eighth commandment, God is really saying, I don't want you stealing because I am your provider. And if you believe that, then you don't have any reason to steal. You don't have any reason to desire what somebody else has. Because if I knew that you needed that, I would have given it to you and not them. He says, I am your provider, I am responsible for, and I will take care of you. And that's exactly what Jesus says in the New Testament, folks. It's not Old Testament stuff. (laughs) Jesus says, do not worry, saying, what will we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles either seek those things, but your Heavenly Father knows you need those things. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness And all those things will be added unto you. You don't need to steal. That's what the Eighth Commandment says. The Eighth Commandment says stealing is a failure to respect what God has provided for somebody else. It robs them of what he has given to them. And if it's something he wanted you to have, he would have given it to you. Every thief, every theft is a failure to trust that God will provide for your need trust God trust God but to all of us who have broken the eighth commandment and any other our greatest comfort comes from knowing that when Jesus Christ was crucified on the cross he died between two thieves. He died between two thieves assuring us that every thief who would trust in him would be saved. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver and gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you by your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Jesus Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. Don't be a thief. Trust God. The reality is, folks, you can steal a lot of things, but one of the things you cannot steal is your salvation because Jesus Christ has already paid for it, and Jesus Christ freely offers it to thieves and sinners. If they'll simply receive the gift, our God provides all we need. And there's no reason to steal anything. And surely, there's no reason to steal what belongs to Him. Because Jesus Christ already given all.